No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. So the first step to combat this is to think into it and to come to the realization how low that is to be enslaved to such things and how useless these things are. But when it will become clear to a person that that thing that seems so good is entirely false, it's only imaginary and no real continuation. Let's say if it goes to a show and comes out of the show, it's all over. There's nothing at all. What did he take with him? Except some foolish ideas in his head. But nothing of value has been gained there. And the harm is real. Or it's close to results of that. It means there really could be a harm even though it doesn't see it right now. So if a man thinks about that, of course, he has to spend time on this thought. Think how foolish it is to go to movies. How foolish it is to sit at TV and look at the faces of Rishoyim, of low characters, and listen to the empty litzonists. How foolish it is to spend money traveling around for no purpose at all to places that are no better than where he is right now. How foolish it is for a person to go to concerts and hear music just because people tell him it's so wonderful and when he sits there it's so boring there's nothing to it at all he just tickles his ears for a little while when it's all over he goes home with nothing at all he'll certainly reject it and he won't have any interest in it at all so if a person wants the first step, it is thinking how valueless are all the amusements and entertainments of people. The things that people consider so important and they spend all their spare time on it and sometimes more than their spare time. Books, libraries, all full of garbage, nothing that can help a person except ruin his mind. Bad company wherever you go. And therefore... Many times people become sick from eating those foods that are necessary for them. Many times people become ill from traveling in countries where there are various diseases that they don't have back at home, different kinds of germs. So not only are they a waste of time, but they have harmful results too. In all cases, unnecessary pleasures have harmful results. If he wanted, he could walk up and down the street, refresh air, plenty of places to walk by day, and get exercise. He could live happily with his frugal form of existence without spending money. That has to fly back and forth in airplanes with, with big suitcases and log, have luggage and hotels. All these things are a waste of money and a waste of a person's life. And in most cases, they have harmful results too. What happens in hotels, I have to tell you. What happens to people who are traveling, sometimes they fall into very big averes. What happens to people who indulge in uh, buying liquor, and indulge in buying gourmet foods, all kinds of things happen to people who do unnecessary things. 
Altain. Zehu kol alim which is sarich That's the main lesson. A person should teach his mind, his intelligence. Lehakir be'chul to recognize the weakness of these pleasures and how false they all are. Until automatically he finds them disgusting. And it won't be difficult to him to send them away from him. Now that's something that requires work. Intelligence. To study all these things with your mind and to understand their worthlessness and their harm. And then it's much easier subsequently for a person to avoid being ensnared by them. So the first of the steps in acquiring precious is sinking into the worthlessness of most of the pleasures that people pursue in this world. Say that. And now he begins on various forms of pleasure to help us in this process of studying them. He takes a few examples. And he starts, He the pleasure eating is the one that's most closely experienced. It means there are certain things that imagination works more. But food, your senses are in contact with the food, therefore it's easier for a person to be ensnared in the desire for superfluous foods. Anything that goes lost and that's worthless more than that what happens to the food like he said if he eats more he makes more manure if a person eats what he needs certainly it's a mitzvah to do it but he eats more and things that are not necessarily good for the health what is he doing besides harming the body he's creating more and more manure in the world that's what it actually is. Imagine a person is sitting at a restaurant and they're stuffing themselves, so they're manufacturing manure, manufacturing feces. So that's what the restaurant should have a sign. A feces factory here. And you pay money for it too. Expensive. A gourmet food place. They should say here, these special foods here will produce the best feces. And therefore, when a person thinks about that, that the desire to eat beyond what constitutes a healthy diet is nothing but a waste of effort, a waste of money, and is considered a lowliness of character to be enslaved to it. Say so that, that's where we're stopping. Bottom paragraph. Kuf Gimel. Bottom paragraph. The pleasure of eating is the one that's most strongly felt. But if anything that goes lost immediately, more than food, means the taste of the food is only for a minute. The measure 
the duration of the pleasure of food is only the time that is up till it's swallowed. After it's swallowed, you don't feel any pleasure with the food. As soon as the food goes out of the throat into the intestines, over zichro is forgotten, as if it was not, as if it never existed. So when a person eats something, it's only a fleeting sensation for the moment. Of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made that sensation of desire in order to lure him on to swallow it. But once it's swallowed, it's all over. He was just as been satiated, satiated, the same whether they ate stuffed geese, as considered a luxury, as if he ate just coarse bread. Coarse bread would satiate him just as well as expensive food like stuffed geese. If he ate enough coarse bread, he would just as be satiated as if he ate something expensive. Now surely, if he adds the thought, many illnesses, come because of eating. The luxurious foods usually bring with them illnesses. At least, the heaviness and discomfort that he feels after eating. So soon after eating, when he stops himself, he feels a discomfort. And also the gases that confuse his mind that are created in the body from all kinds of superfluous food. As a person surely shouldn't desire this pleasure of food. It's not really a benefit. It means not really a happiness. I'm not talking about eating healthful foods. That's something else. Wholesome foods certainly is a mitzvah. But just to eat things, let's say, like pastries and ice creams and things that just arouse his appetite, it's only for the moment. But as soon as it swallows, it's all over. The Rosarabah, and the harm could be very great. All other pleasures in the world are the same. If a person would look into these pleasures, think about them, even the imaginary happiness that they give, but only for a very short time. And the harm that can result could be very difficult and a long-range harm. It doesn't suit any man with intelligence to put himself into the perils, the dangers that come from overeating or eating just luxurious foods. Just that small benefit of the pleasure of having that sleep, fleeting, momentarily delight. Is that possible? Say that inside. Okay. When a person accustoms himself, they ask me to be, you know, 
and he continues to think about this truth in a me'at me'at little by little he will go out free from the bonds of the foolishness that the darkness of materialism binds him in it mean the bonds a chains of a darkness that imprison the mind of materialistic uh, practices where a man thinks into them so with his mind he can liberate himself slowly and gradually from the influence that these things imprison his mind now the rest of the world that doesn't think that way they remain imprisoned in that darkness forever and he will not be persuaded by the lure of these false pleasures at all. But he will then reject them. And he'll know that he should take from the world only what's necessary. Like he wrote above, say that. Just like we said, that looking into this thing and thinking about it causes one to acquire self-control, that's precious. In the same proportion, a person is ignorant of these thoughts, so that causes him to lose his self-control because he yields to all the temptations around him. Especially today, when there's so many products, and they're all asking you to buy them. They're advertising them. Even things that are very harmful, like smoking, for instance. All over, people advertise smoking, and they show pictures of happy young people with white teeth, people on horses, <coughs> dashing into rivers, and people are, we don't think, don't even notice such an open statement printed on the package that this could cause cancer, because emphysema, all kinds of diseases and heart disease. So you see how silly the world is. There's so many people that still smoke. Now that applies also to everything else, even things less harmful than smoking, but they surely are not good for their health. And therefore, when a person doesn't think, he's certainly going to be targeted by all these temptations. And spending time among Wealthy people, sort of means wealthy people of a higher class, who are able to afford luxuries. If you spend time among them, then surely you're going to be contaminated by their example. Those people who want to walk in the highways and pursue glory, and they increase the foolishness. You see, for instance, the New York Times. What are they advertising? Dance. Art. Movies, theater, all these things are entirely worthless. And what? They're worse than worthless. Now, people who go to see a dance, how men dance, it's so silly. It's because they associate to such companies, they read such papers, that their minds are contaminated with this foolishness. And so he said, by lack of thinking, you become a victim of the environment, and all the foolish temptation of the world can come in and find a place in your mind. When he sees that greatness, that importance of these wealthy people, it's not possible 
that his desire to covet and to want to emulate their ways shouldn't take hold of him. So therefore, we should avoid the company of wealthy people, of people who live luxuriously, because their example is surely going to have a harmful effect on us. And even though this man won't allow his Yeshua to overcome him, he'll fight back. But still, he won't be spared the difficulty of a battle. He'll have to face a battle. So why bring yourself into trouble and have to fight against the Yeshua? Best is to keep away from such company that practice such luxuries. You're in danger. Even though you'll fight back, you're putting yourself in Sakana. Rather go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. When you go to feasting, so you get the attitude that feasting is important. The sitting down at the tables and eating and drinking wine and enjoying music, that's important. And the people don't go there. Of course, it's a wedding, you must go. So you do what you do. But people run to all the chasanas, wherever they have a chance, they go to good times. These people certainly are causing their mind to be stultified, and they are the ones who will be the victims of all the temptation of the world. Say that. Uh, now the next statement is a diamond. Only you must be a maven, a connoisseur, to appreciate this diamond. Next statement is a real diamond. The coil, the most precious of all things, in order to gain independence from the foolishness of the masses, the foolishness of the world, who has bedelus, solitude. You're able to spend some time by yourself. Doesn't mean all day long. Some time by yourself. Because then you can think and you can realize how silly the world is. How they're wasting their lives. Now he said that that's more precious than anything else. Solitude. Of course, some people are by themselves so they lie down and fall asleep. We're talking about solitude to think. It's a very precious thing, of course. Very few Mavinim understand the value of this. If you walk in the street in solitude and you think, are you hanging on the strap in the subway? You close your eyes, keep your hand on your wallet, Close your eyes and think you're all alone. You're all alone. Ignore the whole crowd. That's solitude. Solitude is a gem, he said. It's the most precious of all things. Just as he hides from his eyes all the worldly things when he's alone, he also removes the desire for them from his heart. If you don't see those things, you don't desire them. Mentioned praise of this quality of solitude. Um, he said, Would that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away far and reside in a lonesome place. I would travel, I would wander away very big distance, only in the Midbar cellar, I would lodge in the wilderness. David was journeying to be in the wilderness. You know why? Because David was a shepherd. 
and he spent his entire youth in the wilderness. And that's where he was thinking about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he sang his songs of love to Hashem all alone. He didn't have any company to spoil his mind. And later, when he became a Melech, he yearned, oh, I could once more have wings and fly back to the wilderness where I once was as a youth. So stay alone by myself. How it sounds like Zogan. Alone, it in the Shomerein. If you're by yourself, and it's, of course, means you have to have good company. It's only if you have good thoughts. Some people have no thoughts at all. So Alain, the Shomer, not Alain. But the person has the proper thoughts. He learned to say the Shishalim, for instance. And he thinks these thoughts, and it's all by himself. This man can become great, even from a little bit of solitude. We're stopping here. Set that aside. When we study this subject, we have to remind ourselves constantly that precious is not a din that you must limit yourself in seeking pleasures. Of course, pleasures that are harmful, that are wicked, are certainly important for everyone to avoid. But our subject is not forbidden pleasures. Things that are permissible, and he's talking about a higher level of achievement to learn self-control in order to use only what's necessary and healthful for the person. But what is superfluous and unnecessary for his health would enslave him to the desire for certain things and therefore in order to be a free man with self-control he should think about the possibility of attaining the quality of precious. So once more we're talking about precious which is not obligatory. However it's like wealth. Wealth is not obligatory. You can remain a poor man However, everyone wishes to become wealthy and powerful. Everyone wishes to be famous. Everybody desires kavod. And therefore, precious is an ideal for people who try to make something out of themselves. So it's not an obligation. When you hear these things, it's not being said, you must do this, otherwise you are doing a sin. No. But it's a recommendation for people who wish to climb higher on the ladder of perfection. And the more you climb on that ladder, the closer you come to HaKadosh Baruch. That has to be made clear. And we're not talking about Esau Veheta, was permissible, was forbidden. No, we're talking about permissible things. And still, it's a virtue for people to learn to deny themselves unnecessary things. Hanivim, Eliyahu Ve'elisho, Motsonu Ha'yesom Ha'yadi Bekeimom Ha'lahorim. We find that the Nevi'im, Eliyahu, also Elisha, that they preferred to be alone on the mountains. It's a remarkable thing. They avoided the company of people as much as possible. Because 
of the benefit of solitude. Now that he spoke about before. Solitude is also a form of patience. People like to mingle with others, company, spend time with friends. Now, in the VM, had the opposite attitude. When it was necessary, they came and they preached the message of Hashem to the public. But they didn't seek the company of people. They preferred to be in solitude. Now, solitude meant to them to be alone with Hashem. A higher type of person can utilize solitude properly. Let's say he's all alone in his room. There's nobody there right now. His wife is out shopping. Saturday night, he's traveling out with her friends to going to the stores, shopping. He happens to be home by himself. Uh, he takes this as a glorious opportunity. I'm alone for a little while. I'm alone with that Kurdish brother. If you wish, you can talk to Hashem. It's the best company. You can talk to Hashem. If you have nothing to say, open a tilim and talk to him in the words of tilim, the words of praise. Now that's not a chiv. If you wish, you can go along with your wife on the shopping spree. No sin if you remain. If you don't want to remain home. But if you're a person who seeks greatness of character, who sees the opportunity to be alone, and you say, this is a gift in Hashemayim. Once you can open a safe and get married by yourself. So many good things to do to perfect your character. You can think about yourself, think about your life. Look back and see how Kodesh Boro helped you. When you say, well, boy, how many times he saved you from trouble. It's also a mitzvah to look back with the chaltres, call on death, remember the whole journey that you made in your lifetime. How many times you were saved from difficulties. You worried and turned out to be well in the end. Now you're married, now you have children, you made a living, you lived a big part of your life quite peacefully, didn't have any big troubles physically, no serious diseases. So people can spend time thinking about that. Now you think, you say, I thank you, Hashem, I thank you, Hashem, I thank you, Hashem. That's an excellent way of spending your spare time. Of course, you have to learn how to spend the time alone. But when you learn it, you'll appreciate that great gift. Now also, the Koyan Gol, seven days before Yom Kippur, when he was supposed to officiate in the base of Meghdash alone on Yom Kippur, seven days before that, he went into solitude. And Rashi said the purpose of solitude is to make him aware of Hashem, fear of Hashem. And Rashi explained, when a company of people, you forget about Hashem. That's not it. Be with your family. In the company of people, you forget about Hashem. Unless you're in the company of Sadiqim, great men, they remind you of Hashem. But ordinary from people, they make you forget about Hashem. And therefore, if you're alone, you can have a certain opportunity be aware of Hashem. It's again, yes, Hashem. Now, once more, it's not to ordinary people. Some people have nothing to do when they're alone. Might even do wrong things. But when they're in the company of other people, they're decent and they behave. So for people like that, it's like a, a horse. A horse behaves when his master is nearby. A horse is all alone on the field, run around, may do wild things. If he's in the stable where his master is, he's under control. So people like horses, or like behemoths, it's better they should be together with other people. But superior people, who know how to utilize their time, can utilize solitude and become great. Even a minute of solitude, as you're walking in the street, 
Of course, when you cross the street, you should look both ways. The traffic. As you walk down the block, you're all alone. You talk to Hashem on the block. You ever try it? Talk to Hashem as you walk down the block. Good thing to practice. After a while, you know how to make use of your spare time. Now, we are in the third line. The sages, the old chassidim of old, they walked in their footsteps. They followed their example and they sought solitude. They found that this is the most useful means to acquire perfection of self-control. When you're with people, so you don't control yourself. Your tongue wags and wags. You say whatever comes into your mind. You're forced to do it. You have to say something when people are around. So you say all kinds of things. But when you're alone, keep your mouth closed. That's also a very important form of self-control. To keep your mouth closed when you're alone. The man, asher lo yevim In order that the superficiality, the emptiness of their associates should not come, bring them to come to be empty too. When you're together with ordinary empty people, you become empty too. I was talking about from people. With their sisters out and black hats, there are sometimes many empty people who are from. And therefore, if you'll associate with people, you'll become down to their level and you'll become empty too. Of course, irreligious people are worse. And if you associate with them, there's no question that you're going to cause certain defects in your mind and in your character. It's contagious. Wrong attitudes, wicked ideas are contagious. You wouldn't sit together with people who all have pneumonia or coughing and sneezing in your face. And this is even worse. If you look with low people, even relatives, where are atheists, are wrong ideas, they poison your mind. But even with good people, decent people, but if people who live with materialism, they don't think about a Kodesh Baruch hardly ever. These people live more or less in materialism. If you associate with them much, you should know that they're going to drag you down to their level. And therefore, the man who aspires to be better, he tries to find opportunities to be alone. I'll say that aside. Now, you must be careful when you repeat these words to somebody else, that he shouldn't discourage you. It says, seal Do not speak into the ears of a fool. He'll make your words into nothing. Even the yeshiva man, young yeshiva boy, doesn't know these things. And he'll ridicule you if you say this to him. Now, you lose your cheshek. You get cooled off. So, Don't talk to a fool. Even tell me he didn't learn these things. He ridiculed this. Nothing is uh, not important. And therefore, you get cooled off. So, it says in Mishnah, Let it be for you alone, and let no strangers share it with you. Unless you have Talmidim, or willing to listen to you, or you have good Chaverim, or interested in your idealism, you can talk things with them. If you're a rare person, 
Now you happen to have a wife that's that kind who likes these things, it's an excellent opportunity. In most cases, you can't share it with your wife. Most cases. If you're lucky enough to have a wife like that, all right. Otherwise, you act to your wife like a normal person. She doesn't have to know what's going on in your mind, and you keep on making progress on your own. Quietly, privately, like I said, walk secretly with Hashem. Walk secretly with Hashem. Nobody has to know about it. And it's a bigger mitzvah. You're not trying to show off. Akkadish Borah will see what's in your mind. Now the next is a warning. A warning, however. Like any medicine, a good medicine, but as a warning, indications. The things that have to be aware when you're trying to acquire this quality of self-control and precious. You shouldn't want to jump to the highest rung in the ladder in one minute. You have to do it slowly, gradually. You can't acquire precious just like this. You decide, I'm going for a precious. No. You do it slowly by little steps at a time. You will not succeed if you try to make it in one jump. You separate yourself from unnecessary things little by little. Let's say, you won't eat uh, sour pickles, I say, I'm not sure. You get along without it. You won't eat things just to titillate this palate. You'll eat only what's necessary. Little by little. Little by little. Until he acquires the quality of doing things only that are psychotic. He is only about this psychotic. This is good for my health. This will keep me in vigor. To be able to serve Hashem. Yes. But this, otherwise, it's a waste of money. And it's a waste of time. And it's a waste of my, of my effort in chewing it and swallowing it. And sometimes it's more than a waste. It gives you cholesterol and adds superfluous weight. And therefore, when people live with cycle, there's no question they'll be better off. But you can't start all at once. It's good gradually. Today you acquire a little bit. Tomorrow you add a little more. Until you become entirely accustomed to it. Let's say you're thinking about solitude. Doesn't have to mean you lock yourself up in a on a mountaintop in a hut. No, the solitude when you're sitting at the table, everybody's talking and you're thinking. Oh, that's solitude. Everybody's talking, you're thinking. That's solitude. Are you traveling in the subway? We said yesterday. Close your eyes, put your hand on your wallet, hang you on the strap. You're all alone. You're thinking. That's solitude. Little by little, a person learns. How to use like the sweetness of solitude. After a while, it becomes a nature. And it, once it's a nature, then you're already on the way to success. Say that inside. Now he goes to the higher rung in this ladder of shlemas, of perfection. Once more, as we follow the Mechaber, 
on the way up. On the degrees of Shlemus, we must understand that even though we are not actually doing the things that he recommends for people who are in that madrege, even, however, learning it is a very big benefit. So let's try to understand what he's saying. Even though we're not going to fulfill all of the recommendations, because after all, there are people of high degree, of course, there's nothing wrong for trying, but we, can't. we cannot be obligated to do it. However, we must make it our business to understand what he's saying. Atahora, that's already cleanliness, purity. That's the improvement of the mind. Up till now, we also dealt with matters of improving your mind, but it was mostly by means of outward acts, being careful with our behavior. Now he's talking about intentions more than acts. This expression of tahara, which refers to purity of the mind, or the intention we find by David. Hashem, create for me a pure heart. A heart in Hebrew means mind. Yes, to get help in having a pure mind. He's going to explain a pure mind means that the intention should be without any adulteration of other motives. Now, when a person is doing things on the madrig of Zahiras and Zrizas, even the Kiyas, he can be a person who is motivated by the desire for public recognition, is ambitious. As long as he's doing the right thing, he's climbing up the ladder of perfection. But now we're talking about another degree that his mind is purified from any other motivation except to do what's right in the eyes of Hashem. It's called Tahar. A man should not leave any place for his inclinations in the things that he does. All of his deeds should be done in the direction of, of wisdom and the fear of Hashem. Below, and not in the direction of sin or desire. Means, even though he's not doing anything of sin, but it could be some inclination that's sinful that is encouraging him to do these good things. And therefore, even that is a contradiction to Tahara, to purity. The Mechabel is including together with Yira, when he is motivated solely by wisdom and by fear of Hashem. That's Tahara. However, if some foolishness enters into his mind, even though he's doing a very good thing, and we recommend that he continue doing that good thing, but his motivation includes some foolish or sinful aspirations, that man is not yet in the realm of Tahara. And we're not criticizing anybody like that. However, to aspire to Tahara 
is a very worthy ambition. And we're studying that subject now. But even if a person is doing everything perfectly correct. However, it's important that his motivation should be examined to see if he's moved by the inclination of the body, inclinations of the emotions, of materialistic desires, or is it purely the result of the decision of wisdom and yerasasha? Even the physical, material things. Let's say, this type of person, when he sits down to eat, although another person who eats healthful foods and eats only with temperance is considered a sadi gomor, but he might be doing it because he wants to be recognized as a man of principle. He wants people to know that he's not a nobody. He's a man of self-control. But he has other purposes in mind. But when a man sits down to eat, and he eats what's correct and what's helpful, the right measure, because his wisdom has dictated it, and his yerash Hashem, that already is the realm of Tahara. Shafilu, Achara is not reflicious. Even after a man conducts himself, with self-control and temperance, the takes from the world only what's necessary, nothing beyond what is necessary. He abstains from luxuries. Still, it's necessary to purify his mind and his thoughts. Because the question is, what are his motivations? Shegam even a little bit that he does take for himself to use, he shouldn't have any intention for the pleasure and the time at all. And that doesn't mean he should eat without appetite. You can't do that. Not healthful at all. Certainly has to eat with appetite. He has to enjoy what he eats. What his motivation is, he wants to enjoy it because HaKadosh Borah wants him to be well. He has to chew his food and have the taste in his mouth and order to be able to swallow it more easily and digest it more readily. All that is a result of enjoying the food. But he does it because he wants to have the result of serving Hashem, like Hashem told him, take care of your body. And therefore, as opposed to a person brings in a wayfarer, a guest, and he feeds him, and he gives him the right kind of food, his intention is to make the world wayfarer well, well-fed, and satisfied. We have no intention of his own, for his own pleasure, because he's not eating. So when a man eats as if he's feeding a wayfarer, he's doing it, a bigger mitzvah, he's making a Jew well, taking care of the health of the Jew, the Jew happens to be himself. Nevertheless, it's a bigger mitzvah. The truth is, himself is a bigger mitzvah than somebody else. You are before your fellow man. So he's trying to make himself well and happy. It's a bigger mitzvah than trying to make somebody else. However, the motivation should be exactly as if he's feeding somebody else. His intention should be only for the benefit that will come out of that deed. Not because of his pleasures, but because 
this form of eating is going to be helpful there. In the direction of wisdom, it's wise to chew your food, it's wise to enjoy your food, it's wise to eat only what's necessary, not too much, and this whole, whole service of Hashem. He has that in mind, that that man already has entered in the realm of Tao. Now I'm going to explain something here. Even though this may seem far away from us, if a person sits down to eat, and at least he vocalizes, he says, I'm eating the Shem for the purpose of Lahabli Esagup, to make my body healthy. The Shuchalavit Esashem, in order I should be able to serve Hashem. He just says these words. Now, although, actually, it's not true. Nevertheless, vocalizing, saying words, has an effect on the mind. And gradually, as a person accustoms himself to this thought, little by little, it does become part of his intention. Gradually, he begins to eat L'Shem Shomayim too. And even though he may not be perfectly toher from the desire for the pleasures of eating, still, in his mind, part of the space is occupied with the intention that he wants to serve Hashem. And that's why it pays to try, even though you don't succeed entirely, because nothing of this is wasted. Every little effort has some results. Set them aside. Three lines, which we will skip, is an example how some great man, even in his marital relations, practiced this. And he had in his mind the intention of Taharo, of Yerash Hashem, and Avedash Hashem. So we're skipping now. Go back to the fourth line. Fourth line down. And in this way, Shlema Mela said, In all of your paths, you should know him, and he will make straight your roads. It means, when a man tries to know Hashem and all the things that he does, so he just helped in Hashem, and I call this Bodom, makes his road in life straight, that he is able to succeed in thinking about our Kodesh Baruch and everything. Now that means you have to start little by little. Even one area and two areas, even by saying, little by little, you try to know Hashem. Let's say you have to walk. You're taking a walk. You're walking for the purpose of making your body healthy in order to serve Hashem. You're going to sleep for the purpose of preserving your health in order to get up in the morning and serve Hashem. Even when you bathe, when you drink water, everything you're doing for the purpose of helping your body become well enough to be able to serve Hashem properly. And little by little, these thoughts enter in his mind, as the holder of all your ways know him, and as a result, he will straighten out your path in life, that you'll see that it'll become a regular part of all your thoughts and everything you do. So once more, what we're hearing now is not something for an angel to fulfill. Let's say a person wants to sleep. Now, he's not deceiving himself. He enjoys sleeping. He's fulfilling his desire to sleep. But this man puts into his mind the idea that our Kodesh Baruchu wants him to sleep. It's a mitzvah to go to sleep. 
because the result will be you'll be more capable of serving Yasha. And when he starts adding this thought to his mind, he won't lose the desire for sleep. No. He'll continue to have pleasure when he goes to sleep. This pleasure of it now is turned into uh, service of Hashem because Hashem wants us to have the pleasure of sleeping. If you didn't have pleasure in sleeping, you'd be hard to fall asleep. If you didn't have pleasure in eating, it'd be difficult to swallow the food. Certainly he wants you to continue as a normal person with all the instincts, reactions, physical, mental, emotional, that other people have. Only you should make little by little this motivation of doing it because of wisdom. That's a wise thing to do. And that's the right thing to do in the service of Hashem. And therefore, it takes its place alongside the body and it makes the body holy. So not merely, don't understand as a contradiction to the body, no. It elevates the body. And he becomes a man who does all the things that everybody else does, only he does it motivated by wisdom and by fear of Hashem. And at the same time, he's enjoying life no less than anyone else. Next paragraph. Om Nam you must know, just like we learn that purity of the thought could be applied to physical acts like eating and sleeping because by nature eating and sleeping are closer to the physical inclination people like to sleep sometimes more than is necessary or people want to eat more than is necessary. And despite that, he has to put into eating and sleeping as much carbono of chokhmo and yira as is possible. Because if they would go away from their purpose, that we intended, they wouldn't be his acts. They wouldn't be for Hashem. Also in good deeds, in mitzvahs, it's also necessary to work on acquiring a purity of intention. Even though Hakkoyim and Abeli is Balashko, even though his deeds are closer to Hakkodish Borehu, still you have to put in effort so Yisrachum Imenu, it shouldn't become further away from Hashem, or you Yisrachum Yisrachum, it should be on the Yisrachara. Let's say learning. Learning. What is a great as Talmud Torah can get cool on. And therefore, learning you no know, question is a service of Hashem. Nevertheless, a person can learn solely out of ambition. He wants to be recognized as an important person. He's doing it for cover, and therefore he goes further and further away from Hashem. Suppose a person wants to succeed in life. He knows learning is a success for him. It's a greatness to succeed in life. But this greatness he wants because Hashem wants it of him. And it's wise to be a lambda. A lambda is a person whose mind has developed according to the Torah attitude. So he knows wisdom and yet as Hashem recommend succeeding in learning. So he can put that into his learning more and more as makes his learning with Tahara. And even putting on Tzalim. Put on Tzalim and say, because Everyone else is putting on filler. 
and a great deal of habit there. Accustomed to doing it. So suppose a person puts on tefillin with the intentions that he wants to fulfill the will of Hashem. And when he puts on the tefillin, he's thinking what the tefillin symbolizes. It's inside the, the writing on the tefillin. He has in mind that our Kodesh wants him to be reminded of the Torah at all times. And the tefillin reminded of Mantia Teras Hashem and a mantiske is yom seis from Eretz Mitzrayim, hoi mehayecha. So it's filling a very great mental achievements for people who put them on with the right idea. So when a person puts on filling and he tries to put in as much chokhmo and yir as he can, that person is already bringing the mistress into the realm of tahara, out of the realm of habit and just physical repetition that ordinarily is done. Many times mentioned, doing business shalolish more. And therefore, the more you put in the thoughts of tahara in the mitzvah, that makes it more lishmo. Say that as Rabbi said. A discussion of various forms of shalolish more, which is a very important subject. Because Shalom Lishma can enter almost in any kind of mitzvah that we do. And he usually does. And he analyzes it according to his great ability. The Sufi Shalom is an expert on that subject. Kuchlo. Paragraph Ulam. begins on the subject of Shalom Lishma, which is perhaps the most important feature of Tahara. Tahara is to do things Lishma. Not talking about what you do, but what's the intention when you're doing it. So it could be that a person who has Tahara may not do things any more meticulously or carefully than other people. And still there's a tremendous difference because his intentions are different. Now, Ulam, the Kvon is Boya, Nile Chachamim, the various degrees of Shalolishma, means ulterior motives, sometimes are worse and sometimes are almost harmless. Orami Kulam, who the worst is that he learns not for the mitzvah at all. Not interested at all in doing the commandment of Hashem to learn Torah. He wants to deceive people and make an impression as if we are an important person. who? Of it, he should gain either honor from people or money. It's only a matter, as far as he's concerned, how much I get out of it. How much will I be recognized by people? Or how much will I gain in my career or make money? 
That's why a professional, like a role, has to worry about this more than an ordinary person who doesn't have these motivations. Even plain people have motivations. They do things sometimes because they want the people in the Kahila or in their family or their neighbors to give them recognition. Now, that's already a smaller degree of Shilalishma. Now we're talking about somebody who doesn't care. Only does it just for the COVID, for the profit alone. The Zehu Shi'amu, they said, Noyach lo such a person would have been better off if in the fetus he turned upside down and he died inside of his mother. Such a person made a mistake in being born. The all of Omar Anavi was Yishaya. We were like all unclean. All of our righteousness is like a worn-out garment. Sometimes there's a garment that's in the store window. It looks attractive, and it's a bargain, you buy it. Then when you take hold of it, you see it's shop-worn from the sunlight. And when you rub it between your fingers, the threads, the cloth, becomes powder. And that's how some people's righteousness is nothing but powder. When you start rubbing it, there's no substance to it. There's no sincerity at all in it. And that's the worst kind of Shalilishma. Now this kind of Shalilishma is not so frequent among our people, and therefore we're going to start the second part. First you have to hear. There's another kind of Shalilishma. He serves Hashem with the intention of getting a reward. Now, what reward is it? <coughs> Even if the reward is because he wants according to to pay him back. He wants happiness in this world from Hashem. And the next world too. Now, although Alavai we should be in that Madreya to serve Hashem because he wants reward in Ulam Habo. However, there is a certain element of Shalodishmoya. Why? Because actually whatever we do is only in the sense of trying to express our gratitude to Hashem, what He already did for us. Not that He owes us anything in the future, what we're going to do. He already gave us so much that we're behind in our payments to Him. That's the real of it. And a person says, What can I pay back to Hashem for all that He bestowed upon so if you do mitzvahs and learn Torah because you feel a debt of gratitude to Hashem, that's the real Aveda. And people, however, learn to do mitzvahs with the hope of getting a reward, then that's already a shalolish more. Now, including that, if people learn because they hope that somebody should uh, give them a good job or a good shida, however he intends to do a mitzvah, but he wants with this mitzvah also to gain certain benefits. All these forms of Shalulishma are not as extreme as the previous one, when a man had no sincerity at all. I'll repeat that again. The man, let's say, is learning Torah, but he wants to get a good job. A malamah. He's sincere. He wants to be a malamah. 
nothing wrong being malame. However, he's lacking the desire to serve Hashem because HaKadosh borrowed just so much for him. If a person learns Torah, does mitzvahs, but he wants Hashem to give him good health and although he is sincerely serving Hashem, he wants these benefits in return. So from a again, the same reason, he should feel he's in debt. Or gratitude what Hashem did for him. And if a person serves that God is but only for Ulam Habor, also in that sense. Now no harm to believe in Ulam Habor. And everybody does mistress, has a right to know that for his mistress there's Ulam Habor, and in most cases Ulam has there too. The knowledge is not called Shalishma. But if he puts into his mind the awareness that he is in debt to Hashem. All that Hashem did to him, it can be a perfectly small, even though he is aware that there's a reward. The fact that he knows there's a reward is no contradiction. A person shouldn't hesitate. If that's going to push him, to drive him, to do mistress, but he wants Hashem to reward him, he should do it even shalom that's a man by continuing doing eventually the effect of the mistress on him will be that his mind will change and he'll do it lishma. but that's the nature of Torah and mistress that they refine and purify a person's mind and by being constantly in the performance of Torah and mistress actually he begins to love the Torah and mistress just for themselves, he wants to serve Hashem. So let's say you're lazy to learn. But you know, if you learn that you're going to get from your father, from your Rebbe, candies and toys, that's a good motivation. As long as it'll make him learn. Now, he's not learning only because he wants to be a good boy. Only he's too lazy. It's like say, he'd like to learn to be a good boy. How can become a good boy? Not a good boy yet. I'd like to learn Lishma, but I don't have Lishma. The person who wants to learn Lishma starts with Shalom Lishma, but his hope is to end up in Lishma, that person should utilize all the motivation he can get. He should think people will honor me if I learn Torah. I got a better Shida, and I'll live longer in this world, I'll be happier with reward. All the things he can think of, he should utilize to motivate him. Even this is not only a Torah. Even putting on film and think that film will give me a longer life? Yes, do it anyhow. Because anything that will motivate you to do a mitzvah is to be utilized. Don't disdain any of these motivations. And eventually, if you continue striving, you'll arrive at Lishma. Ach, I'll call upon him. Mi if a person did not yet arrive by means of the Shalom Lishma at the goal of Lishma and he remained only in the Shalom Lishma which is far away from his perfection some people many people get stuck and remain in that Madrege and always do a Shalom Lishma but if a person strives from Shalom Lishma to come to Lishma and he eventually arrives at Lishmo, he can look back and doesn't have to regret 
that he utilized the Shalom Yishmo to come where he is now. Say that. Right up. Om Nam. But there's something that's not so easy. Following requires more thinking and more work. The admixture of some wrong thought. Now, an example. Here's a person who worked himself up to the degree he wants to learn Torah in order to repay Hashem for all that he did to him. He wants to show Hashem how he appreciates the Torah. He's grateful for the Torah. That's why he learns Torah. He's happy there's a mitzvah. I cannot thank you enough for the mitzvah. I'm going to do this mitzvah in my gratitude. Now that's a very high degree of perfection. But sometimes it creeps into there an intention that's not kosher. We'll soon see some examples. In the perfection of his intentions, something can creep in. And this needs work and needs thought in order to discover it and ferret it out. He's doing a mystery actually fully lishmo. Because our Father in heaven decreed it and is obeying Hashem. But he doesn't refrain from adding another intention also. Now this man is doing it lishmo. And without that intention that sneaks in, he would have done it lishmo anyhow. But now this intention has sneaked in. What's the intention? For instance, people should praise him. Let's say he's learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, standing along Shmon Esther. While he's standing along Shmon Esther, he's thinking people are looking at me. And my stock is going up. Now that's already an adulteration of the pure Kavan. He's thinking, I'm going to receive a reward for my special diligence in doing mysteries. Sometimes, he may actually do it and doesn't intend. He's not doing it that people should praise him. But there's something else that sneaks in. When his heart rejoices, because people praise him. They mention for a long spanessa this man stands. Look at how from Julius. And his heart is happy. Then he becomes even more careful, more demonstrative, and he shows even more fumkite. Now that already is like a bit of it. The Khatrili certainly didn't intend to serve Hashem for any purpose. But because of the stimulus of the praise that he received, it causes him to add more. Now, this little addition, although it's certainly good to add more to your service of Hashem, but that little addition already is motivated by a non-kosher attitude.
Then, something like Maaseh Shalbita, Shabachanina Metzalina, tells a story about her. She was, you walked with graceful steps. This Hochham's daughter walked with a very graceful step. That was her natural way of walking. She walked with a girl, a little girl. She walked with graceful steps. The Kivan Shesh but she heard people say, How beautiful is the gait, the form of walking of this little girl? When she heard that, she immediately began to be more careful and try to walk more daintily to get better impression. That means, at first, she walked in a beautiful way without any intention. But now that she was praised, it was added an adulteration in her cover. Now, by the way, before we go on, we don't have to be discouraged. Although we should hope that we should reach this Madai. We're still far away from this Madai. But it's good to know it. It's good to learn and understand what is the attitude for great people to have. And although we're not great people yet, still, the learning of it is a very big value to us. This addition in the service of Hashem was created because of the praise that they praised her. Although this kind of forbidden motivation gets lost because it's such a small amount, after all, in general, the mitzvah is being done by this man with a full sincerity, and that little bit of insincerity or, or ulterior motive doesn't amount to much. I'll call upon him, but such an act, that has such an admixture in it, it's not completely pure. And he's talking about people who are aspiring to reach the attitude of Tahara, real purity of mind. Say that aside. Mahabha wishes to explain the necessity or the importance of purity of intention. People may think as long as the maisha is done correctly, according to all the So therefore, the thoughts are not so important. Now he's explaining in a shame. Shain Ur al Gabi Mizbeach Shalomato of the service Menuke Dikia Menuke Vishlisha Senofa. Just like you cannot offer a mincha on the Mizbeach. Unless the service is so pure that it's sifted thirteen times. It should be perfectly clear of any adulteration. Now, when people want solace to make colors or cakes, they don't have to make it 13 times with the seed. But for the Mizbeah, purity is necessary. 
Kach. So similarly, the purity of the intention by the service of Hashem is also necessary. It cannot be offered up to be accepted on the Isbeach to be considered the perfect and the choicest service of Hashem only the choicest of Maisha and the choicest of Maisha means is pure many other kinds of adulteration of dross. Oh. Again, as we've explained a number of times, we may not aspire to fulfill this, but it's good to know entirely selflessly, only because he loves and is grateful what our Kodesh Bora did for him. And he wants to repay Hashem. Like Mooshi with Hashem for Tagmarele. Now, if he does it because he wants Ganeiden, nothing wrong. He wants to be happy and wealthy in this world, nothing wrong. But if he wants to do it with the purity of thought, that's accepted to our Kodesh Bora as a perfect offering, then his service should be only because he loves Hashem and he wants to repay Hashem for what he did for him. So that's it. I don't say anything that's not like this is entirely rejected by is entirely rejected by HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch does not deny the reward for any creature for any amount of service of Hashem is always accepted and is repaid with reward and he does pay reward for the deeds according to their degree of importance. What I'm talking about, the perfect That's proper for all those who really love Hashem, the truth. Those who love Hashem with their full heart want to give Him a perfect service. And it cannot be given this name, that perfect Avedo, unless it's completely pure in the intention. That the motivation for it should be only because HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not for any other purpose. And whatever he goes away from this ideal, if he how the bigger the distance from the ideal, can yield So much greater is instead of the blemishing. So therefore, let's say we put on filler. We wear scissors. Certainly we're doing it because we are holy Jews. And still question is, are you putting on the scissors because you feel that that Kodesh Baruch Hu has done so much for you, he's giving you garments, and therefore the least you can do to put scissors on your garments, is that a gratitude for your garments? That's a minimum. Or, you wear tefillin, put tefillin on your head. You have a head at least. 
you're grateful that because the body gave you a mind to think and to appreciate what filling means, what's written in the filling, the parashas of the filling. And therefore, when a person applies his thoughts to the mitzvah that he's doing, and he intends to do it with the purity of machshava, not to think I'm doing you a favor, Hashem, and I'm expecting you to pay me back. No. I know I've called this boy, you did so much to me, no matter what I'll do for you, I can never repay you. It's only a token that I'm showing you. That kind of a man is serving Hashem with the purest form of intention. Set that aside. Actually, the mere fact of learning this also is a form of seeking to purify our thought session. Just sitting at the Masilah Shiram right now, we're doing something with that intention. We want to put into our minds at least the ideal. That's a very big achievement. Because if we didn't learn it, we wouldn't even think of such a necessity. Now we know there's an ideal to which you have to strive as perfect as our intentions can be. Whom do I have? I have Hashem Bashamayim. Therefore, the Imcho, I desire nothing else in this world. Means, in the whole world, nothing is to me. And I am serving you, that's my only intention. I'm not interested in any kind of recognition by anyone down below. Only me, Liba Shemayim. Also he said, Your word must be very much purified, refined. It's like gold. It's refined. You can refine it again and again to make it free of dross. So your word, when I want to fulfill it, has to be refined as much as possible. And your servant loves that. His David loved to work on refining himself in the service of Hashem's word. Say that. person sits down to eat and he starts training himself to think I'm eating just because I call this father who wants me to be well in order to serve him. Now even though as was explained he's eating because he's hungry or he has a desire to eat nevertheless the fact that he already put into his mind the final intention that's the highest goal even though he didn't reach it yet it's already He's embarked in that course. But actually, the true service of Hashem must be purified more than the most careful refining of gold and silver. The words of Hashem must be pure words. I mean, He's Hashem for the words are pure. But the way we say those words, and we repeat and study those words, should be with the utmost purity. Kersev Tzoru Balilorets. Silver that's refined on a refining place openly on the earth. Mizukok Shiva Sayim. It's seven times purified. Not enough to do it once or twice. Again and again, David went through his mind, and he cleared out any other intentions motivations that might have come in to adulterate his intentions. Again again, seven times. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use.